the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! They did it! All right, second hour of the Full Court Press. Just me, Jason Walker. Eric has gone off to the Utah State football practice. He's going to talk to a couple of players. Uh, we'll have that audio for you tomorrow. Um, an offensive and defensive player. Uh, may be able to finally define for you what a striker is. As we're going to be asking about that uh, in my... Defensive preview, I called it a pseudo-linebacker, and I don't know if that's correct at all. Uh, if any of you know, if you want to text in, if you're part of a, a coaching staff or know somebody that has one of these positions, because a lot of teams are doing it. Green Canyon, I believe, has a they have a position called Alpha, and I, I, I would assume that's probably similar to Striker. Basically, it's... Seems like an attempt to be more versatile on defense where you're not just having a typical 3-4, 4-3 because offenses are just so different. Um, And your your base package almost can't be a, you know, that that front seven with uh, four defensive backs because a lot of base offenses have three wide receivers, which in the past that meant you pull out your nickel package. Now your nickel is almost your base package, although maybe they're trying to kind of bridge the gap between your the the old base package and the nickel by having some kind of in-between, which that may be the striker. Oh, Eric's back. What happened? Oh, hi. Hey there. So I'm just about ready to get in my car to start heading up to practice, and I get the message like, uh, plan on 530. Okay. So I'm like, you know, okay, I can... I can hang out with Jason for a little while longer. Can save my skin. I was just going over about uh, how you're going to ask about striker and, and whatnot, and trying to define what it is. Yes, I'm eager to hear what Kaleo Nevis has to say about that. Yeah, I've got my theories, but obviously we'll we'll get a, a better idea once you ask the question. Yes. Pop the question. Maybe <laughs> don't, maybe don't do that. I don't know if it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's. Get a little bit more into the the UConn preview, and for me, I think obviously the warm up game. This kind of is across the board, but I think UConn presents some great opportunities for Utah State specifically to warm up. Like it's a good matchup for some of Utah State's things they need to warm up on. Mm, yeah, because um, for UConn defensively, there's some holes there. They do have a returning linebacker who had I think 120 plus tackles last year. So they have that, but they lost a defensive tackle on their team last year who was projected as like a late first, maybe second round pick in the draft. He went in the third, like 99th overall, I believe. Uh, I think it was Jones was his last name. Travis Jones. Um, so he got 
drafted, he's no longer there. He was their best defensive player by far, or maybe not by far because they do have the returning linebacker. He was pretty solid. But that's a big loss in the front seven, and so for Utah State trying to figure out its interior offensive line, um, I mean, maybe it would have been better to test themselves, but with two new starters, one of them being a true freshman, be nice to kind of work your way through some of the kinks on an interior defensive line that's going to be a lot weaker than it was last year. And then obviously that'll translate to, you know, working out with the running game and things like that, and also the the pass rush and whatnot. So I feel like it's a, a great thing for Utah State going against this defense with at least one of many areas. That's not the only one we can talk about, but that's one of them and probably the first one. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, this is a great opportunity to, to fine-tune uh, those run-blocking schemes, uh, communication, making sure that you know, everybody's on the same page on that offensive line. I know that's been a great area of focus in fall camp for USU. But if they get through that that first front of that uh, UConn uh, defense, their first uh, you know, that first wave, if you will, that defensive front that they have, the next wave could be a little bit more challenging. That's Jackson Mitchell. And this is somebody who both coaches rave about. This is their linebacker, and uh, he's returning, played a big role for them last year. Both Blake Anderson and Jim Mora spoke about him and the impact and role that he plays on that UConn defense. Yeah. So first we're going to hear from uh, Coach Anderson on Jackson Mitchell. A downhill physical player that can run. I mean, I think anytime you get to the, to the ball that many times, you, you obviously have a knack for it. You have a nose for the ball, and you know that's not something that that you that you just see off film. But he is always around the ball, and he tends to play uh, downhill. Uh, I think you know he's, he he should fit what they do. Uh, you, you basically, I know there's a transition going on defensively right now, but. They, they stayed in the house with the defense coordinator, and there's a track record between him and Jim. So I would think he's probably, of, of the guys on the field, the most familiar with what they're already doing and would expect him to come in and continue to play at a really high level, and you're going to have to get a body on him every snap. I mean, I've been around some, some of the great linebackers that have ever played the game, and that's not an overstatement. And... You know, I can't compare Jackson to those guys in terms of being players because I haven't been on the sidelines yet as a head coach when he's playing a game. But in terms of the way a guy prepares and the level of professionalism that he brings to the, to the, the game, uh, he's like those great ones. I mean, he gets it. He practices hard. He never takes a play off. He studies film. He knows his assignments. Uh, he's a, he's a, a leader without being a loud guy. So when he does speak, his voice, it carries weight. Um, you know, I, I think if he continues developing, uh, you know, he's got, well, he's going to be an outstanding college football. He already is an outstanding college football player, in my opinion. But he has all those attributes that I've seen in the great ones that I've been, a been able to be around. Yeah, so a lot of praise for Jackson Mitchell. Uh, really good player. So he will be. If there's a guy that makes plays for UConn on defense, it will be him. Right. And, and where's number eight? Uh, he's, uh, he's a junior. Um, and this, is a, this is a guy that was involved with a lot of stuff last year as a sophomore coming back and is the – really, he's just the undisputed leader of that defense that needs leadership uh, and, and needs somebody to be able to make some plays. 
Um, I don't think Utah State's going to run away from him. Um, I don't think he's that kind of a defensive impact player, but you'll see him in the midst of a lot of defensive plays that they make. Yeah, it, it's hard to run away from an inside linebacker because he's just kind of everywhere. Yeah, that's true. But you know, we'll see if he ends up stuffing things up the middle. That's where Utah State really, you know, that's where they've struggled at times, is to run just up the gut. Uh, usually they have to focus on cutback lanes, um, you know, because they have to cut back because the inside stuffed up. Um, so we'll see how well he does. It'll also be a test for the interior alignment because a lot of times their job is center guard, double team, or sometimes a guard tackle double team, depending on the defensive lines uh, where they're lining up. And then the one guy goes off and tries to get the linebacker. Are they going to be able to get him? He's a great linebacker, which is going to be hard to block. So are they going to be able to do those combo blocks and then get up to the second level? That'll be a good test for them, and obviously a good player for them to try and block at the second level. So obviously that's one area just one area talking about the run game where it'll be a good warm-up, so to speak. You do have to make sure you don't see it as a warm-up. You have to actually attack it. Again, we, we keep talking about this as if it's a guaranteed Utah State win, but that always comes with the warning of, Maybe not. Maybe this is your trap game. But another area um, is facing UConn's quarterback, whoever it may be, but pretty much all of them seem to have some level of athleticism, uh, Roberson especially. And I think it'll be a good warm-up because while the offense may struggle a little bit, you're at least going to be facing an athletic quarterback, and that's something you want to try and see right away. Because you can get used to facing athletic quarterbacks. Granted, they've been facing athletic quarterbacks in practice, but you want to see them in real game situations because that's something you just have to be ready for for every game because a lot of teams have them nowadays. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, This is a, a team that will face a couple of different athletic quarterbacks that will be on the move um, that aren't going to just sit back in the pocket um, and be able to get a taste of that early on is another really good warm-up for USU to get ready for a, a season with high expectations, not from the outside, but from the inside, from internally, uh, the, their expectations are high, as, the, as it should be. I mean, you're the reigning conference champions. But um, being able to, to face that and understand how a mobile quarterback can, can be dynamic and change in the game and how everybody needs to have their eyes right is what we hear a lot from the coaches. Uh, is important to get that early on. Yeah, Utah State, Utah State, I'm struggling to speak. They struggled, not with speaking, but with guarding some running quarterbacks. Levi Williams was one of those. Yeah, uh, true. In, in a couple other situations, they had a hard time, you know, guarding teams where they had a quarterback who can get out and run. Air Force, which is kind of an exception because it's not the same, you know, maybe a read option as other teams will just do. They do the whole triple option. But they struggled... Uh, guarding their quarterback, and he's he's returning this year, and is expected to be one of the best quarterbacks this year. He's like probably third on most people's lists. Some have him second, uh, you know, with Hayner and Bonner there. Air Force's quarterback, who's a lot more of a runner than a passer, obviously, he's going to be a difficult uh, guard, and so they can kind of warm up here against UConn, and their likely starter, who's a bit shorter but fairly athletic. So. I'm curious, Eric, I've listed off two kind of areas. Are there any areas you're feeling like where Utah State can have a good chance to warm up, or have I covered both of the main ones? Well, I, I think that um, uh, 
that that secondary two needs to be aware of a passing game. They're, they're going to face some some decent passing quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think they're going to see a great passing game Saturday, but they. I think it's an opportunity for them to showcase their skill, their depth, and their versatility. Um, I, I'd love to see that secondary from Utah State get a couple of takeaways because I think they'll be able to um, and build on their confidence heading into a really big matchup the following week. But outside of you know, looking past UConn, I think it's viewing UConn as an opportunity to improve and showcase and build confidence. Yeah. And I think the ability of seeing the pass rush and the secondary work in tandem, because a lot of times the takeaways on the back end start on the front end. Not always. But, you know, it's forcing the quarterback into a, a bad throw. You're usually mm-hmm. not seeing interceptions on three-step drops. They happen. And those are, you know, corners making great reads and jumping rounds. But on some of those longer ones, you force the quarterback, rushes the throw, bad technique, throws it off his back foot, and the corner picks off an overthrown pass. Um, so I'm curious to see how they'll try and work in tandem with each other. Two, the two strengths of the defense, the, you know, the, the defensive line and especially the pass rush, and then some of the experience in the secondary. And I think uh, UConn, I mean, you said you aren't expecting much from the UConn passing game, and I agree. But they have kind of, they have two corner, or two receivers who could end up being maybe sneaky good if they get good quarterback play. Uh, they have a guy, Cameron Ross, who hasn't really played at all since 2019. He did a little bit in, I think, I think he played and appeared in like two games in 2021, but he broke his foot. Right. Uh, 2019. Just got, recently. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I coughed my lungs out. But in 2019, he caught 60 passes for 723 yards. So coming back, could it be a threat? Yeah, but he won't be available this week. He's probably not going to be available for several weeks. I thought he broke it. Did no. he break it this spring? Um, he's he's yeah he's um. I must have I must have missed the timeline there. Yeah, he's uh, he's out. He's not going to be available. Um, Cam, yeah, forget his last name. Cam Ross. Ross, yeah, he and he's he's not listed on the depth chart either. So he's the guy that is out for this weekend. Uh, that is a that is a blow to them uh, in their wide receivers. Um, he might be able to get back later in this year and could be a real help for them. But that was one of the things that Jim Mora talked about today. Is just you know this is a group that wide receiver group that's all of a sudden has to step up and, and do a better job because the uh, the one of their leaders is is out. Yeah, go ahead and hear him on that. I think he's a, a really, really fine competitor. I think he's a really, really fine football player. Um, what's impressed me so much this camp is his consistency, not only in his performance, but in his demeanor. I was around him for three games last year, observing, and there were some times when there was a little up and down. Not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, it was something that I wanted to be aware of. We've talked about just you know being steady and being consistent, and that's what I've seen out of him. So that was uh, Jim Moore talking about Keelan Marion um, as we wave goodbye to Eric France. And he now actually truly has to go. Uh, so he's going to head up. Again, as we said, he's going to talk uh, to a couple players at the end of 
Utah State's practice today, and as I said, we'll get that uh, audio for you tomorrow. So obviously I made a reporting mistake. I was reading up on this, and I thought Cameron Ross missed last season because of a broken foot. Um, but that obviously happened a little earlier, so that actually really limits the depth of the wide receiver room for UConn, which is obviously thin last year. Keelan Marion was the leading receiver last year uh, with Ross uh, missing 2021. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this today, but UConn didn't play in 2020. So when we talk about the last three seasons, we're talking about 2021, 2019, and 2018 that stretch where they've only won four games and they've gone one in 11 twice. So uh, Keelan Martin, he had 28 receptions for 474 yards, five touchdowns. Um, UConn, I think, only had 11 or 12 touchdowns, uh, passing touchdowns all year last year. So he had most of those. So he's their main uh, kind of red zone threat. If, if, they, if they have one, it's Keelan Marion. Uh, but not having Ross, who would have been uh, a big pickup for, you know, kind of a big returning pickup for UConn. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play, unfortunately, for them. So, there's several areas where Utah State has a chance to warm up. And, that, and as I said... That's kind of the case in any warm-up scenario. You can work out the kinks, but I think there are some particular areas where UConn is maybe strong or weak where you can either kind of cut your teeth against some strength but not too strong as to maybe worry about losing. But then again, that is assuming that the 27-point spread is actually you know going to happen, which can be tricky with these week one spreads because, as I already mentioned, Utah State, 17-point underdogs to Washington State last year. That was supposed to be a warm-up for Washington State, and Utah State ruined their weekend. So, we'll have to see. I, I think, and especially given some of the things Utah State needs to work on, they need to work on their wide receiver uh, chemistry. Chemistry with Bonner and his wide receivers. Two of his top receivers, uh, Brian Cobbs and Kyle Van Leeuwen, he's not thrown to very often in games. Well, he's never thrown to him in game situations, I don't think. Maybe he, I think Kyle Van Leeuwen caught two passes last year. Um, and I don't know if either of them were from Bonner. I think Van Leeuwen mostly played in garbage time. So he needs to warm up with them. Uh, McGriff, obviously I believe most of his catches were from Bonner. I think a few of them were from Andrew Peasley. Um, and if he, <laughs> I forget McGriff's stats in the bowl game, but maybe he had a couple from, from Cooper Legaw. But as I continue to cough my lungs out over here, luckily I can, I, I can turn the mic off and you don't have to listen to that. But there is a need to work out the chemistry with these wider shoes. And actually, interestingly enough, one of the potential strengths, at least in terms of a whole unit for UConn could be their corners mostly because they're returning most of the experience they have. Uh, they, I think they're maybe losing one corner. But they're returning some guys who can, you know, at least they have experience. Maybe they didn't perform well last year, but they have experience. And so they can, you know, potentially 
uh, at least put up some resistance against Utah State and force Utah State to be a little bit better. Um, I know I'm kind of almost talking out of both sides of my mouth, saying it's good that they're weak here and Utah State can test it here. And they're strong there, they could test it. But overall, I think there's a lot of ways this game can be good and that Utah State has a lot of things they need to work on. They're little things. And that's what's great. There's not huge things they have to fix uh, with this UConn game. There's just little things they need to tune up. Chemistry with the wide receivers. Interior offensive line. Maybe get those, you know, get MJ Tafisi and AJ Vong Pachong some time to work together as linebackers in a real situation as opposed to scrimmages and practices. Um, and also get a chance for some of the backup linebackers, guys who are worried about, were worried about the depth of the linebackers. You know, if Utah State gets up big, then they have a chance to get some of those guys, some snaps, reps, get some experience and some film so that maybe that depth won't be as big of a problem as you go later into the season. But real quick, we're going to take a break. When we come back, want to talk a little bit about Donovan Mitchell, uh, some of the rumors. We'll try and get back to this game preview, but I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell just to talk about the news, some of the things. We'll get to some of the texts. I know some of you texted in. We'll maybe start with that before we go into the Donovan Mitchell, but... Some of you texted in last hour. I want to get to those texts. I promise I haven't ignored you. I've noted them, but we'll get to them at the start of next segment uh, here on the Full Court Press in about three minutes. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Need and Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter-carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our Integrity Price Guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the ElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Jenny and I don't often get a chance to just sit and talk. She's so busy. That's what I get for having such a bright and talented daughter. But last Tuesday, she invited me out for a bite to eat at Barrel and Stave, and we talked about old times. It was great. Oh, and the handcrafted cocktails and wine were great, too. Barrel and Stave, a relaxed, comfortable atmosphere, makes for the perfect place to wind down after a long day at work or connect on a nice night out. Barrel and Stave, good feelings, great food, exceptional experience. Located at 33 Federal Avenue, open Tuesday through Saturday at 4 p.m. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd. With Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM. 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Grantham Mobile Auto, Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair is on the go and ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. Locally owned and operated, Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you. You can call 435-229-4345 and they'll come to you. So, I do want to get back eventually to Yukon or previewing Yukon, especially some comments from Gary Anderson on kind of the unknowns. It was kind of a theme of his press conference. Uh, at least when he talked about uh, Yukon is, well, we don't know. So we'll get to that probably in the next segment. Uh, just some of his his comments where he kind of refused to make predictions uh, and talk about what he expects, and also how he kind of says maybe it doesn't matter in some places. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we do have a couple of texts, as I said, uh, we were going to get to 5879. Um, uh, I believe he sent in a couple of texts back-to-back. Um, he said the difference is we had a real bad year in 2020, but we were competitive before that. And he also said our championship last year included a ton of guys from the 2020 Aggie team. And I believe he texted those around the time where we were talking about saying, you know, UConn is trying to bounce back. <coughs> but they don't have the same uh, maybe background, which, oh, did I, oh, did I call him Gary Anderson? 4474. <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I must have called Blake Anderson Gary Anderson. I still do that in my mind. I'm surprised I haven't done it more often calling Blake Anderson Gary Anderson, because I do that in my head a lot, where I'm thinking about how I'm going to word something, and I say Blake Ander- or I say Gary Anderson in my head instead of Blake Anderson. <clears throat> so sorry about that, and sorry that I caught the second half of that cough in the mic. So anyway, as uh, 5879's couple of texts, Pretty much, I mean, you know, it fit right into our conversation where he makes a good point that we were competitive before 2020, so it helped. Utah State had some history of c- at least competing. They weren't a consistent one or two win team for the last several seasons. And I talk about, you know, that last three year stretch for UConn. Well, they had a pair of three win seasons, the you know, the two years before that stretch that I've been highlighting. So, it's been a while since UConn has been a winning program. They've been a five or less win team for a while. And, you know, it, it is kind of commendable that Utah State, or that Blake Anderson, Blake Anderson, took that 2020 team and didn't, like, really insert a ton into it. He did insert a few players. Logan Bonner obviously was key. Um, Justin Rice. Um Obviously, two big guys, Brandon Bowling, uh, you know, a contributor. But you look at most of the offensive line, 
running back, Nick Henniger, who is the you know leader in tackles for loss, and I think in sacks as well. Uh, he had 20 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. You know, still had Marcus Moore, who I believe had been there for a couple of years. Um, Hale Motuapuaka. Um, so, and then on the back end, it was a lot of guys who had already been there. So that 2020 team, you know, a lot of it transitioned into 2021. You know, insert a few key pieces here and there. Good quarterback, good playmaker on defense. But the spine of that team, and I mean, Devin Tompkins, the superstar of that team, had been on the team for like three years. So, again, it was kind of more credit to Blake Anderson to be able to turn around that 2020 team without just making an entirely new team. And if Jim Moore is able to turn around this year's UConn squad, it'll be kind of similar to that where he's bringing back a lot of the same guys in some positions, but obviously is trying to, um, you know, include a few transfers as everybody does because everybody's, you know, doing transfers and whatnot. Um, I believe 9315, I don't think we read this text where he says the ideal thing for us is we win big on UConn, then they go win all the rest of their games, which we talked about that. We're, we're fine with UConn turning their season around so long as it happens after uh, August 27th. I suddenly doubted the exact date of the game. Whatever this Saturday is, yeah, the 27th. So UConn can win every game they want to after August 27th, just not on the 27th. Um, 9 through 5 also texts in says, I guess you play each QB in every quarter and pretend to play four minigames if you're UConn, uh, referencing that there's reporting as far as potentially four quarterbacks starting this week for UConn, although to me, realistically, it's only two. Uh, um, I forgot his first name again. Roberson, Taquan Roberson, and Zion Turner, those are the two guys you should really be paying attention to to start this week. Uh, Roberson, the transfer out of Penn State, uh, talented kid, four-star recruit uh, when he initially came out, I believe, in 2019, and then Zion Turner, a three-star recruit out of a pretty good high school in Florida who's been impressing. He's a true freshman. So both of their top two potential starters are new to the team this year, although obviously the coaches too. Um, so, but obviously those are the two, probably Roberson, but, you know, we'll see. Jim Moore is doing uh, a bit of gamesmanship where he's not naming a starter, even though we can probably safely predict Roberson, but you never know. But as I tease, we are actually going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. It's by the fact that I just spent about four or five minutes talking about Utah State, but there's been some news. Uh, Shams from The Athletic uh, did some stories over the weekend, and then there's some been some stuff from the New York Post about, you know, just the latest on the Donovan Mitchell trade talks between the Jazz and the Knicks. And, you know, they, they've been in discussions forever, since, like, June, basically as soon as they could, they were doing trade talks. Because obviously the Jazz were looking to, to tank, and especially once they traded, uh, the Jazz traded Rudy Gobert, <coughs> then obviously it looked like uh, the Jazz were also going to trade Mitchell and just go full tank. So 
we've been bouncing this around the whole time. Sometimes there's just no news, and then they turn it into news. Like when they resume talks, like last week, it was a whole story. Um, even though nothing happened, they just supposedly started talking again. But the thing that seems to be new now is that supposedly there's a trade offer on the table that we at least have details of, supposedly. We supposedly know the details. As I continue to cough my lungs out. So the supposed offer from New York, and this comes from The Athletic, so Tony Jones and Shams, um, it's Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, um, additional salary filler. They don't specify who that would be. Um, two unprotected first-round picks, and then I believe it says five total picks. So presumably three more picks that are protected in some way. First-round picks. And that offer has been turned down by Danny Ainge because reportedly the Jazz's asking price has been uh, more significant than that. That's the phraseology they use. There's more stuff from that story just about how Mitchell's, again, he's under contract for three more years, so Danny Ainge doesn't have any pressure to take that deal. He clearly wants more. He's trying to, you know, pry more unprotected picks out of the Knicks. And and that seems to be the holdup here, is that the five picks, you know, maybe Ainge wants six, but I think the five picks would be okay if more of them were unprotected. Um, because that's that's the real prize when it comes to, you know, when I, I want the Jazz to trade with the Knicks. The reason being, and I'm sure Danny Ainge sees this the same way, is that, well, the, the Knicks, if they get Donovan Mitchell, are they really going to be all that much better? <coughs> they were, I think, a 37-win team last year. Might have to Google that really quick. How many uh, games they won last year? It was in the 30s. They were like a fringe play-in team, if I remember correctly. Um, I believe there's also a report saying that they think Donovan Mitchell can add 10 wins, which is it's possible. That might be a little optimistic, but when you are a superstar, you can potentially do that. So yeah, the, the Knicks won 37 uh, games last year. I don't know where they finished in the conference. They were last in their division. Unfortunately, my, my Google doesn't... Oh, they finished 11th. So I believe they... I can't remember if the, the play-ins... Yeah, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they missed the play-in. Knicks didn't even make the play, and they're hoping that Donovan Mitchell can make them a serious contender. Like, can he take them from 37 and 45 to a 50-win team? That's basically what we'd have to do for this to be significant. But again, the, the prize is send Donovan Mitchell to New York, get a haul in unprotected picks and a few other first-round picks, and if the Knicks falter like they always seem to do, and they have a bad year, well, suddenly you have an unprotected lottery pick. <clears throat> and obviously that's incredibly valuable. Look at Gordon Hayward. The Jazz got that pick from the Knicks, and they picked ninth overall, if I remember correctly. They pick up Gordon Hayward, who is a really solid player for the Jazz. Um, we'll get into how that ended. But, 
you know, and I really think Danny Ainge sees it that way, where he wants unprotected picks because he very much believes, as I do, that the Knicks will somehow manage to screw this up, even if they get Mitchell, and be bad. I certainly would not believe in a Jalen Brunson-Donovan Mitchell backcourt with, you know, R.J. Barrett and, you know, Mitchell Robinson and Emmanuel Quickly and whatnot. Those guys aren't going to make up a serious Eastern Conference contender. So Danny Ainge is just drooling over the potential to get unprotected picks from the Knicks. But, of course, the Knicks, they're, they're playing this smart. They're doing the smart thing and not being willing to give up more. So the hope is that the Knicks are incompetent enough to trade unprotected picks, get desperate enough to trade those to get Mitchell and then manage to screw it up and the Jazz end up with very valuable unprotected picks. Um, and, and again, the reporting kind of backs up this potential thinking because uh, the reporting from, I believe, the New York Post is that the the players in the package aren't really a huge deal. And even the amount of first-round picks, at least according to these these articles and their sources, it's not about the specific players or the number of picks, although obviously the number of picks is important. It's specifically the number of unprotected picks. Right now, the Knicks are offering two unprotected picks. Danny Ainge probably wants three or four. I I, I can't remember if he wanted three or four. Um, and so that seems to be where the uh the bridge is the gap um they need a bridge to to overcome this gap between Danny Ainge wanting probably 3 or 4 at least 3 probably 4 unprotected first round picks a couple of those being the Knicks picks themselves cuz the Knicks do own a few other picks from other teams i think the Wizards and Dallas and i think the Bucks as well so i'm sure they want some of the Knicks picks um, with maybe some of the other picks being protected, like you know, throw protections on maybe one of the Knicks picks, and you know, maybe one of the unprotected picks being like Milwaukee or Dallas or whatnot. Kind of meet them halfway. So we'll see if they can bridge this gap. If it happens, it's going to be New York caving, and giving into the Jazz because the Jazz are just going to hang on to Donovan Mitchell as long as they want to because there is a path to re retooling around Donovan Mitchell. They already got a prize haul from Rudy Gobert. They can use that as a starting point. They don't need the Knicks to do their rebuild. And they and contrary to Knicks fans' belief, they don't need to get rid of Mitchell to tank. They don't have to do that. If the Jazz are trying to do one of these rebuild-slash-tank years, there's plenty of ways that they can just maybe sit down with Mitchell a little more. You know, if he gets a, you know, rolls his ankle, they keep him out for three weeks. You know, that kind of thing where you just rest him a ton. So that's something that the Jazz can do if they want to tank. But obviously, they're keeping their options open. Maybe they can trade Donovan Mitchell. They may hold him all the way up to the, you know, maybe they'll have these discussions all the way up to the trade deadline with the Knicks. I think this is going to be a a long process where they keep, you know, it's a will they, won't they? So we'll see uh, if this deal gets done in the offseason. Um, I think the fact that Kevin Durant is supposedly not going anywhere, that news came out earlier today. 
uh, that supposedly the Nets and Kevin Durant have sort of made peace, uh, then maybe that uh, accelerates Donovan Mitchell. But I don't know because I don't know how much overlap there was between um, the market for Kevin Durant and the market for Donovan Mitchell. But there's other ways that may affect the Jazz, and we'll probably get into that another day. We do need to get to another break, and I do also want to get back to some of the things Gary Anderson said about UConn, some of the unknowns about UConn and how that may or may not matter. So we'll have that in about three minutes coming up on the Full Court Press. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah, ChemDry of Northern Utah. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Debo Samuel, there's nobody like Debo Samuel in the NFL. You know, if I'm Seattle, I would try to create a Debo Samuel 2.0 with DK Metcalf. I would get him incorporated in the offense a little bit more, not just as somebody catching passes, but line him up in the backfield. Let him do what Debo does. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. really catchy song to come back on uh had to just listen to it for a minute i really like to groove to a lot of these songs they pick some good ones for these uh these intro songs so as i said we're gonna get into we're gonna talk a little bit about some of gary or gary blake anderson's comments i caught myself that time i was about to call him uh gary anderson um, did have a one texture. I believe he also caught me saying, "Did I did I say at the end of the at the end of last segment too?" I keep apparently I keep saying Gary. Uh, 
7994 says, I think you meant Blake Anderson, not Gary. Also, Gordon Hayward went to Boston. Um, I did go to Boston. <laughs> so I didn't want to talk about how the uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward's uh, tenure ended with the Jazz. He did go to Boston. Uh, they got him. Uh, Utah got him. Excuse me as I slowly die here. Had a heaving cough. Um, yeah. The Jazz got Gordon Hayward because I believe they traded. Uh, they had they owned the Knicks pick, which was ninth overall. And then they picked Gordon Hayward with that because the Jazz were still kind of in their, still kind of in the playoffs, late Jerry Sloan era. Um, so do you want to talk about Blake Anderson? Someday I'll manage to not say Gary Anderson instead of Blake Anderson. Maybe never. Depends on how long Blake sticks around. But in his presser yesterday, uh, obviously Anderson was asked about UConn, and his response was more or less that he doesn't know what to expect from UConn, so he couldn't really answer questions about what he was expecting because he didn't know what to expect out of UConn. Here's um, it's one of the clips that he, he uh, said. UConn presents some problems because we don't really know what to expect. Been asked several times, how do you prepare for a team? New head coach, new coordinators, really no film to go, uh, you know, go off of, and, and that is a real problem. We we don't really know what to expect. We're going to have to adjust very quickly. Um, we talked all week about just controlling what we can control, which is us. Uh, you know, we want to go out and play clean football. We want to go out and play with great effort. We want to go out and do the things that that we uh, we were asked to do. Do them well. Avoid the turnovers. Avoid the penalties. The the big mistake. And then we'll have to rally to what they are. We'll find out early in the game just how they're going to play defensively, just what to expect. Offensively, you know, really what, what it's going to look like. We're going to have to do a great job adjusting, and I think our kids are aware of that. And hopefully we, uh, hopefully we can do that at, at a level and at a pace that, um, you know, that, that gives us a chance to be, be competitive and can be competitive from the first snap on. And naturally – Blake was also asked about the the kind of unknowns in the UConn quarterback room, and so I also want to play that because it's fairly similar to the first clip. Week one in general is got to be a nightmare for a defensive coach. Uh, we do at least, I think, have some idea of what we expect the personality to be of the offensive coordinator himself, and um, not sure that that it's going to matter which one of the quarterbacks plays. However. Uh, we know they brought in a Penn State transfer, and and then they've got another kid coming back off an of injury. Uh, it, it it may sound cliche, but we just got to line up and and play sound defense and tackle well, uh, and be ready for a little bit of everything. First quarter, first half, especially our defense can have to do a great job of taking some notes and and getting in and getting on the sideline and adjusting really really quickly. Uh, but it, it's a nightmare for the defensive staff at this point, not knowing what to expect. Because you you can't dictate, you just have to line up and adjust, and you got to do it on the fly. And as you mentioned, it could be any number of guys, and all bring different skill sets to the table. See, so yeah, definitely uh, a theme in multiple parts of Blake Anderson's presser that he doesn't know what to expect. Obviously, he did talk about how he can kind of guess some of the things um, based on the offensive coordinator, maybe some educated guessing on the quarterbacks, but. His thing was, we're going to play, you know, as he said, it's, it's cliche, but they're going to play sound, try and play sound football 
and then they'll make in-game adjustments. Because that is important to be able to game plan around what your opponent is doing, but if you don't know what your opponent is doing, then you know you got to figure out really quickly and then try to adjust. And so we'll see if they're able to adjust early on. You know, if UConn comes out and punches Utah State in the mouth, it'll be interesting to see if Utah State is able to respond to that by adjusting or maybe just, <coughs> excuse me, maybe just trying to overwhelm them by just being the better team. So it, it'll be interesting, and maybe the halftime adjustments will be big. Maybe if Utah State's only up, like, by a touchdown or two, maybe some second-half adjustments could allow Utah State to pull away, maybe have a big third quarter if they go into the locker room and say, all right, here's what they've been doing. We've been seeing this. This is what they're doing. This is how we're adjusting. And then, bam, third-quarter punch, you you know, score three touchdowns or something like that. That could be a possibility in this game if Utah State struggles early on. Or it's a possibility if they just roll out of the gates. That That's a thing that could happen. And they end up doing well, really well. Then maybe those adjustments won't be as important. Obviously, you still try and do them so you don't allow a surprise second-half comeback. But you know, Utah State will have to adjust quickly, especially if this is a game early on. So... That was definitely one of the themes for, for Gary Anderson was the fact that he doesn't know. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll close out the show with talking a little bit about some Aggies in the NFL. Um, NFL cuts were today, uh, the second round of cuts. The NFL teams are trimming their rosters from a maximum of 85 to a maximum of 80. Not all teams had 85, just like last time. Not all teams had 90. Oh, and they trimmed down to 85. So we'll talk about some of the Utah State players that uh, may or may not have uh, made the cut uh, for this latest uh, this latest round. Like I said, the second round of three for the NFL cut. So we'll be back in about three minutes. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med- are accepted. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Cash Valley, the Utah Wood Stove Changeout Program opens up February 1st. If you want to change out your wood fireplace or stove and replace it with a gas appliance, Advanced Fireplace and Stove can help. 
receive up to $3,800 towards your new gas stove or fireplace insert. Idaho has a change-out program, too. Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove take the chill out of winter with a new heat and glow insert or Vermont casting stove. Stop by their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. The long NFL contracts are dumb. But still, the point is the same. Like, you're under contract for five years. You wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Your first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor invites you in helping them drive change in our community. Each month, Mountain West Motor will select a non a local nonprofit or cause to donate funds to. We can all drive change by helping those in need. Visit Mountain West Motor and explore your next adventure with a newly customized truck or SUV. Visit Mountain uh, visit mwmotor.com or you can stop by their new location, 615 North Main Street in Logan. So as I said, as we just close up shop here, got about a minute left in the show. Um, deadline for the second round of NFL roster cuts was today. Some Basically, the guys I'm keeping an eye on, there's obviously more than just these guys I'm going to talk about as far as Aggies in the NFL, but these are the guys that I'm thinking are kind of on the line as far as uh, the fringe in terms of potentially getting cut. And of course, the big cuts will be, I believe, the 30th. So I believe a, a week from today, actually. Um, they'll go from 80 to 53. So these first couple of cuts, they're cutting like five players um, at most usually. They're going to have to cut, what, like 17? So that'll be the day of judgment for a lot of these guys. But uh, the guys obviously we're keeping an eye on are Derek Wright, Devin Tompkins, are the two undrafted free agents, so two rookies. But also, you know, we've got a couple other former Aggies in Jalen Warren. I know he went to Oklahoma State before going to the NFL, but um, you also have Darwin Tompkins. Or Darwin Tompkins. See, I always get Devin Tompkins and Darwin Thompson confused. You think my uh, Blake Anderson, Gary Anderson one is bad. That one's almost as bad. But all four of these guys, Derek Wright, Devin Tompkins, Jalen Warren, Darwin Thompson, all survived the roster cuts. Um, obviously, Wright with the Panthers. Um, Devin Tompkins with the Buccaneers, Jalen Warren with the Steelers, and Darwin Thompson with the Seahawks. So, Aggies in the NFL still alive, at least those four. Uh, we'll see how they do with the other roster cuts, but that's it for today. Join us tomorrow as we talk uh, more Utah State football in preview.